lunch. Nom, 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 nom. Good morning, Sac City. Welcome into another edition of the Sac City Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by my best friend in the whole entire world. He is Aaron, the Mukesia Mukes. And below us, we have your boy, my boy, and everybody's boy. He is AJ Johnson. It is a beautiful uh, October 28th morning here in the city. Episode 108, not, 10, not 110, because yesterday was not 109. Math is really hard in the Milani household, especially for this guy right here. Episode 108, though, is about to kick off. Uh, we are completing our week eight previews. We're also recapping the Thursday night game between the Baltimore Ravens and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, we've got all that and so much more on this action-packed recap and preview show. It's it's like this is the only show we have that has recaps in it and a preview in it. It's got everything you want in the Sac City podcast. It's all here in all right. one. And let's not beat around the bush. Let's get right into it and recap this Thursday night football game. The Baltimore Ravens defeated the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Thursday night football 27 to 22. This was a injury riddled game for the Baltimore Ravens and a tough, tough night uh, for Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'll start off with the injuries that just came out for uh, the Baltimore Ravens pretty much. And I could actually sum this up very easily. I know, Aaron, you're going to get into the injury report and this might be on it. Maybe I can save you some time. Everybody that was questionable leading into Thursday's game for the Baltimore Ravens that played got hurt. Gus Edwards got hurt, left the game early. Rashad Bateman got hurt, left the game early. Mark Andrews got hurt, left the game early. That's pretty much it. Tough day for injuries on the Ravens side, but they did pull this one out 27-22 because this Bucks team seems to be in shambles, Aaron. Yeah, um, I think we kind of t- touched on this when we talked about the recap or the preview. Um the, the Bucks offense just doesn't look the same. And in turn, the defense is on the field too much. And in turn, they lose football games. This game was a 10-3 game for the majority of this game until, until late in that one. And the Bucks just couldn't get anything going offensively in the second half to extend that lead to cause Baltimore to have to get away from what they wanted to do offensively. And um, you talked about injuries but uh, for Baltimore side, but you know, Tampa's been banged up all year. They just haven't found the right connection with Tom Brady in that offense. It's something, the running game, they started early, started strong, and then it kind of dissipated from there. They just haven't been able to be consistent enough offensively. Uh, I'll tell you, I I, I think it's over for the Bucs. And I expected, remember, I did pick against them in this game. And I did the other day tell you, oh, would you be surprised if they won six or seven in a row? No, I wouldn't be surprised. But this just doesn't look like a football team that can do that. And and I'm at the point now where I'm saying, how long do you hold out hope? This isn't what? this what isn't I told the you. Kansas City that's, that's Chiefs of last year. This isn't the uh, the team where like, okay, there's something they still got. You have to remember, Tom Brady is 45 years old. Like we we I know we don't want to be that guy. We don't want to be the one that says this is it. But maybe this is it. Last night I was watching. We we cover the the post games and the pressers and stuff and we we watch really we're really tuned into these pressers and i'm watching tom brady's press conference and i'm like this man this seems like a broken man this seems like a broken human being and i don't know tom brady's personal life there's all the stuff that's going on out off the field that is talked about i don't know what's going on there i don't know his personal life i all i can see is what's happening on the field and not only his emotions that he's expressing in his press conferences but after every dropped pass every sack every turnover every miscue from this bucks offense you see tom brady's emotion more and more i feel like this season and maybe this is a recency thing but aj what's your assessment of the bucks through through these eight games now you ever hear that thought process where it's a thin line between not being prepared or being over prepared that's kind of where I feel like Tom Brady's at. And we can never really say Tom Brady's not prepared. So it's got to be the overprepared. It looks like he's so much in his head trying to still be so perfect to a team that has a lot of miscues that he's having miscues himself. 
when you watch Tom Brady last night, yeah, there may be a receiver that ran the wrong route, but there was times Tom Brady threw the ball the wrong way. There was times Tom Brady led a receiver way too much. There's times when he's with the receiver, and you can chalk this up to injury if you want and not having enough chemistry and timing with some of his receivers that were on the field last night. Uh, I think Kyle Rudolph could have had a walk-in touchdown, and Tom Brady led him about four or five yards too far. Uh, you know, there's the, the there's Tom Brady making mistakes to the point where his offensive lineman can't do anything but hold. Otherwise, he's going to get sacked for a fourth consecutive time on a drive. There's times when the running backs can't find any room because they're not even expected to be running the ball as much as they are when they're trying to switch everything up. This team just kind of seems like they are lost in the identity of who they were and they can't find a way back to who they want to be. Tom Brady, I really do feel like everything outside of his of this locker room is seeping into the football field. And I, and I know he's very good at drawing the line and coming to work and being ready. But we know the Tom Brady who likes to yell at people for his mistakes. Last night, when there were mistakes made, he just went to the bench and hung his head, dropped his helmet on the ground. Just He doesn't look like he's having fun playing the game anymore either. And uh, as long as it's like this, there's these miscues. They're not enjoying themselves. They can't figure out themselves. It's not going to get better for the Bucs. And we can talk about it being a long season or whatnot, but – it's a long season for anybody, and these teams—they're looking to get—they're looking to get their ship right. And I don't know if the Bucks can do it in time or at a level enough to complete twenty-seven, twenty-two. You'd think it was a close game, it really wasn't. Yeah, no, it it, it wasn't, and it seemed like the Bucks were chasing this entire game, um, no matter what the score is. But on the Ravens side, they did get the win. They do move. Uh, they do move. What are they now? They are five and three now. They that's a good spot uh, to have a shot to win this AFC North. But the injuries are just piling up uh, for this Ravens team. Aaron, where are we at with this this Ravens team as a whole? The, their defense looked what the good. This we talked about their defense struggling as of late. They looked good again uh, in this game here against the Bucks. But it's really it's the injuries that are piling up that's concerning. And what, what's your assessment of, of the Ravens after this game? Uh, I think the only injuries that I'm really concerned about is Mark Andrews. I think he's the only one that really is kind of a game changer on that team. I know we talk about Rashad Bateman and then not having anything outside, but they never have. Like that, that's not the way their offense is really designed to do. And you see guys like Devin Duvernay and James Prochet, and um, they, they they get involved and they can make you know they can make some plays. Uh, it's Mark Andrews, and I know Isaiah likely stepped up and played big yesterday, but there's going to come. He's still not Mark Andrews. Like no matter how good he played, it's not Mark Andrews. Um, and you'd really like to have both of them and be able to run those two tight end sets because um, that makes you even more dangerous. So I think you're watching that injury, even in the running game. Like Gus Edwards is cool. I, I'm not trying to knock Gus Edwards, but he's a he's a thumper. He's he's the 70 yard guy. If he falls into the end zone, it's it's great. I think they can still get stuff out of the running game with Kenyon Drake and whoever else they go and sign and and bring in there because they're probably going to have to now with that hamstring injury of of Gus Edwards. So um, I'm not overly concerned about the injuries as long as they're not coming to key positions on the defensive side of the football, which has been um, I think the more impressive side right now. Um, but I mean they had 400 some yards of offense yesterday. Like it's against a very good defense. And we, you know, we had just got done talking about, oh, this, this offense hasn't looked that good lately. And what do they come and do? They, they go and rush for 230 yards. Lamar throws for 200, two touchdowns and has a good day. And we're right back to, okay, this is the offense we expected to see. Um, I, I think it's more about the defensive side of the football and staying healthy. And obviously they were without Calais Campbell, but he'll get back eventually. Um, who's an anchor on that defensive line. Yeah, this um, I was one of those people that was I, I had to, I had to talk about the Ravens' offense being down and Lamar Jackson even at the end of the game that sign. I don't know if you guys saw it, but at the end of the game, he was holding up a sign a fan had that said "Pay him now, Ravens, pay him now." And he had held it up, he signed it, he made sure, and we had like this like we have like the production feed of Amazon, so like we can see it when it's on not when it's on commercial and what's happening. Lamar Jackson stood with this fan who's had that sign. I said, pay the man for about 10 minutes. Like he was there just talking, hanging out, dabbing him up. It was pay the man, Baltimore, pay the man. But uh, they win 27, 20, 22. They move on to five and three. The Bucks move on to three and five. And AJ, your, your NFC South battle between the Falcons and the Panthers on Sunday 
is a big so one. It's sad. first place up for grabs, man. And that, like Very we just sad. said, the Bucks it may, might not be it anymore. So one of these teams could end up winning this division. What a wild yeah. time. Let's get into some morning headlines. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. That's right. It is time for some morning headlines. We kick things off a little trade skis involving uh, Kadarius Tony being sent over to the Kansas City Chiefs from the Giants in exchange for a third round pick and a sixth round pick in the 2024 or 2023 uh, NFL draft. Kadarius Tony's been battling injuries all season, uh, but the potential has always been there. Now he's on a new team in Kansas City. Aaron, what's Kadarius? What is Kadarius Tony's impact? Do you think on this Chiefs team? Oh, from a from a from a football perspective, an actual on the field football perspective, I think it's just an extra piece for the Chiefs. It's just an, an additional weapon that they can use, kind of a fun toy to play with. Um, I don't know what the impact is long term. Uh, this might be a play. This might be more of a longer term play than people actually realize. Uh, Miko Hardman's on a contract year. Uh, I, I think he can do some of the things that Miko Hardman does. So maybe you let Miko Hardman walk. Now you got Kadarius Tony for two more years after this year before you even have to think about paying him. Um, so that could be in the thought process. You get him for cheaper. It was a first round pick. You get him for a third and a sixth. Um, I don't want to go crazy over this deal because it's not that big of a deal. It's it's a, an additional weapon. Kadarius Tony's not going to come in there and be the number one receiver. Uh, Kadarius Tony is not going to come in there and get ten balls a game. Like that's not that's not what it is. If you notice what the Chiefs do with their offense, one day it's MVS, one day it's Juju, one day it's Miko Hardman. Uh, oh, you know, Sky right. Moore throwing in there. It's it's just going to be a bunch of guys on the field that are extremely fast. I'm going to jump in then and ask the real question that matters then. Because on the field, when you watch the Chiefs play in real life, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. They're that damn good. And they're just going to continue being that damn good. But everyone wants to know the fantasy impact, AJ. What do you think the fantasy impact of Kadarius Tony is for not just him, but everyone around him? The Miko Hardman, the Juju, the NBA. And you're on mute. That's a minus, by the way. It was, and for whatever reason, that's exactly when my mouse decided to turn off and wouldn't move either. Oh. Um, yeah, I was like, really? So this is how we're going to do it? Um, <laughs> I mean, right now, Kadarius Tony, if you can pick him up, he's a stash. Uh, you know, I'm one of those people who always have at least one or two bench spots that just never really get used. And if you want to sub him out for a stash until he does something. But, I mean, we saw what this offense was this year, and it's exactly what we predicted without Without Tyree Kill, it is Travis Kelsey and then pick your wide receiver. And Kadarius Tony, as electric as he can be, uh, I think Aaron hit it right on the head. He's another he's another Miko Harbin uh, who might have a little bit more flash from him. Um, so until he can come in and show that he's a guy that Tyreek just is really infatuated with on the field, likes the chemistry and can decide that he's his go-to guy, which I don't think happens anytime before you're doing playoffs uh, in the uh, – in the fantasy football season, uh, I don't think you can trust him at that at that nature. I, I mean, me Cole Harbin, I had him on the team for a while, and I eventually had to drop him to somebody else right when you know he had himself his big game about a week or two later. But that's what you're going to deal with. You're going to watch a guy who may get one target for three weeks in a row, and you can't use him. And then when you put him on your bench, you miss out on a twenty point day. And then you put him in your lineup, and he has one target. So uh, it's too tough to really be like, I got Kadarius Tony, and think he's better than a lot of the receivers that you already have on your roster. Please don't waste your time picking up Kadarius Tony. I told everyone that in the office yesterday. I was like, don't do it. Don't buy into the hype of Kadarius. What we don't, we have all these people bought into Juju, and Juju's been inconsistent. Like, yeah. and he's going to be a part of that offense. We know that, but he can't even sustain real fantasy value. He's had up and down weeks and it's been really hard to play him outside of a deep flex. So, and he's, and he's the wide receiver 20 on the season after a big week. But even then we, we've seen games of two for 13, three for 60 and not really getting into the end zone. And um, I don't know. I, I think, I just think Kadarius Tony's a waste of time. If you're going to go pick him up on waivers, if, if you want to stash a guy like that, if you want to stash a guy like that, um, I, I feel like there's better stashes out there. 
asking for they already a have here. picked him up that's that's the uh that's the analysis i gave them for the people who already have picked him up because i i guarantee you, i saw that trade and in like at least two or three of my leagues canaris tony picked up within five know, but that's what people do yeah. every time somebody gets traded they think their fantasy value is impacted this really has no impact on fantasy whatsoever and nobody with the kansas city chiefs is even really worth anything from a fantasy perspective, outside of Travis Kelsey, and then you could toss Juju in there. Even Nicole Hardman, who's had, what, two good weeks? You're not playing him. So, like, it's almost more frustrating to have them on your roster than it is to just leave them alone and let somebody else deal with that headache. So so we're saying that this doesn't really affect Nicole Hardman, <laughs> and a friend of mine should not go out and trade Nicole Hardman because he's not going to be good anymore. He hasn't been good this year. He's, he's been already trade like for Miko Harmon, and you're getting something good for it. Do it. He, he, <laughs> I mean, see, you you have to also understand Vince, Vinny, Vincent Milani. Wow, you, you cannot really gauge this. These, when we talk about fantasy, for the most part, we have to talk about it in standard ten to twelve teams leagues. Yeah. Can't talk about it in our league where we have five flex spots because then, yeah, you have a different dynamic that you're looking for as far as yeah. those leagues being deeper. But most people play in standard 10 to 12 team leagues with standard rosters. And that Kadarius Tony, you don't have room for him on your roster. So, and you're yeah. never starting me, Cole Hardman, because that's wide receiver, what, 40? And if you're starting him, then your team's not good. Like, that's just, that's, yeah. that's just a thing. That's so fair. he might be on your roster, but you're not really starting him. So um, for people in standard leagues that are standard 10, 12 leagues, this is just a conversation you should not be having. You should not be wasting fab or waiver wire priorities or, you know, just even your time to go click the button to say add Kadarius Stone. Right. One other bit of headline that we that we have to talk about, and I'm going to steal your thunder again, Aaron. Uh, maybe tee you up for your injury report. Uh, Jamar Chase, the Star Bengals wide receiver, injured his hip originally against the Saints a couple weeks ago, re-aggravated this this past week, and now will be out four to six weeks with that hip injury. Uh, sustained originally in the Saints game. Now the Bucks will be out without their star receiver for that that time. Bengals. We will see him. What? Bengals. Didn't I say Bengals? Good Bucks. Oh, whoopsies. Uh, the star wide receiver for the Bengals will be out four to six weeks. Uh, what is the impact look like on the field uh, for the Bengals without Jamar Chase, Aaron? Uh, it's, it's huge. Um, I mean, that's their best receiver. We're talking about a top top five pick in the draft. Um, elite talent, arguably the most talented person to come out of that draft class. And then we've seen what he was able to do as offense rookie of the year. Um, you're, you're missing a huge piece for what Joe Burrow, especially that connection with Joe Burrow. You do have some, the, the fortunate thing for the Bengals is they have T Higgins and Tyler Boyd. So you can still put them up there with one of the better two, one, two punches in the NFL, but what they are able to do dynamically with Jamar Chase, they, they're not going to have that same thing because he is so good at after the catch, being able to break 80 yards and creating big plays and big opportunities. Now you might have to look at it more as a, hey, we have to move the ball down the field a little bit more methodically, maybe lean a little bit more on the run game in order to create some of those bigger explosive plays on play action. So um, I think the offense changes a little bit, uh, but I still think they have weapons, enough weapons. We throw in Hunter, uh, is it, is it Hunter, Hunter Hurst or what's his name? Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst. I don't know why I was thinking of, uh, <laughs> I think I was thinking of Triple H. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Hunter Hurst. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think they still have weapons that they can do something with, but it's going to be a loss. I mean, you're losing one of the better receivers in football. So that's, it's gotta, it's gotta be something. Yeah. At least I think they uh, made the right decision to play it a little safe at this point. You know, you let them play probably against a trainer's will or whatever. And, you know, what he's able to do for your team. And it paid off for that week for sure. Uh, but, you know, going forward, you, you got bigger things to think about. The bad thing is your offense was just clicking uh, and you were kind of excited to get everybody back on the same page. But if you can get some of these other guys together, uh, the Tyler Boyd and the T Higgins, add them up for another two or three targets a week, uh, who've already, Tyler Boyd's already been showing out this season and showing what he can do from the slot. Uh, now he gets to work a little bit on the outside as well. Um T Higgins gets back into being one of the top looks and we know these guys are very capable. So in four to six weeks, um, hopefully they'll play it right and make sure he's a hundred percent. I'm sure they will. Um, so when they're going into the deepest part of the season, they're ready to be back to a prominence role as a, one of the top offenses in this league. Um, so I think they will be okay. Uh, you just, you just got to miss a very talented and a, 
uh, very strong connection between quarterback and wide receiver. Yeah, this is uh, I, I said it the other day with I can't remember who got injured and who's going to be out an extended period of time. I can't remember who we were talking about, um, but it was a big injury lately. And uh, I said, maybe this is this is almost like a good thing, because now like they can take the four to six weeks off and then come back for the playoff time. But maybe it's a little bit different than it is in the other. other they're sports. not even in the playoffs. They, well, they're three they're four and like they're four and three. They got to get there. We we can't just this is a big loss when you talk about football. Yeah, no, trying I, to get, if he's out six weeks and during that six weeks, they go two and four or three and three. That's huge for the Bengals. They, they might be fighting for their life to get in the playoffs. I don't uh, – injuries are never really good um, unless you're a team that you know is going to be – like I said, if it's Buffalo, Philly being 6-7-0 and seven and oh at that time, you, you have a cushion. But they're, they're about 500 in Cincinnati, and they haven't – they didn't start the season well. They can't afford to go through another lull of losing three or five games or something like that and expect to just walk into the playoffs and be ready to go. And who knows? Maybe this is the longer – of the six weeks, maybe Jamar Chase, there's a setback in his rehab. Like you never know. Um, four to six weeks is a long time in the NFL. That's fair. So that sixth week, uh, as of right now, if he was to come back, would be the Kansas City game in Week 13. Uh, before that, they have Cleveland, Carolina, a bye, Pittsburgh, and Tennessee. I mean, what are you seeing? Are you seeing 500 there? Uh, and that's assuming he comes back to Kansas City. I don't know. I don't know what they look like without Jamar Chase. Offensively, I don't know what – I, I saw them offensively at the beginning of the year look like crap with Jamar Chase against, you know, the Steelers, against, you know, the Jets, against the Cowboys with no Dak press. I saw them lose those games. Um, I'm not of the mindset anymore of looking at a team's schedule and looking at a team that they play and say, oh – at not at full strength, they can just go get a win. They got to go to Pittsburgh. They got to go to Tennessee. They got to go to Cleveland this week. Like those aren't easy games. None of those games are easy. They they could they could easily be under five hundred in my opinion. Okay, big loss for the Cincinnati Bengals. Jamar Chase out four to six weeks. That perfectly ties in to our injury report. All right, I'm going to keep it real quick today just because we, uh, we're we on a different schedule a little bit. We're on, we're on a tight little crunch. But big injury news last night. We talked about some of those injuries. One that Vinny did not talk about is uh, another big-time injury for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Shaq Barrett uh, looks to fear um, that he tore his Achilles or ruptured his Achilles. Another big-time loss for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, if that's the case, if it's confirmed with the MRI today, then he's going to be out for the remainder of the year. And who knows how quickly he can come back from that. We got a little soft spot for Shaq Barrett. Shout out to the best sports cuz out there. The real cuz sports cuz. You know how you know how Shaq Barrett came out there and did uh, Super Bowl champion. Um, so big time loss for the Buccaneers. That could be something that further um, just makes that defense not as good as it was. Um, you talked about Ezekiel Elliott yesterday. Ezekiel Elliott looks like he's trending towards not playing. Um, they haven't said it officially yet. We'll see if he gets out on the practice field today. I doubt it. Uh, he was not on the practice field the last two days. So it looks like it'll be Tony Pollard taking over for uh, Ezekiel Elliott going forward, at least for at least for this week, not going forward, but for, for this week. Um, some other big-time injuries that, that are out there. Devontae Adams was sick, so he hasn't been practicing. Um, there, there is something there. Uh, what else do we got? What else do we got? Sorry, I'm a little, I'm a little lost here. I lost my tab that I had all these written down. I, I think oh, I actually not so easy. <laughs> what did you say? I said not so easy. What do you mean? Just, just jumping from thing to thing to thing to thing is not so easy. No, I, I, I do it every day. Um, I just deleted the tab, so I gotta go back and I gotta go back <laughs> in and get it. Um, all right, I'm gonna go down some of these injuries for some of these teams that. But we talked about you not only mentioned we talked about the Bengals, but uh Hayden Hurst is also dealing with a grown injury. So he is questionable for this week. There might be a problem with, with him this week. That's another weapon that they might be losing. Um, I wanted to mention Harrison Bryant, who 
is probable to play this week, filling in for David Njoku. Um, I think that's a name to watch. I think he could have a big-time impact on, on the Cleveland Browns uh, offense. He started to come on two years ago when they were thinking about trading David Njoku, so I think that's a big one there. Russell Wilson looks to be good to go after doing his high knees on the plane. Uh, we talked about you know doing push-ups and high <laughs> knees and all that stuff. Uh, DeAndre Swift was back on the practice field, so he looks to be good to go. Um, Alan Lazard for the Packers came out and said he heard some crack pack snap crackle pop in his shoulder um it looks like he's probably going to be on the sideline this week that's a big loss for the packers already thin at the wide receiver position uh nico collins is out four to six weeks i don't think we ever talked about that um big loss for houston there especially uh if they decide to trade brandon cooks now they're down to chris moore and philip dorsett so gross who knows Mm. Uh, another week for jonathan taylor um and he's not on the injury report as of right now i don't believe so so he should be ramping up full ready to go um and then last of of course not 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 least the 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 hamstring of keenan allen is questionable again this week um but they're dealing with all kinds of injuries at the wide receiver position in, in with los angeles hopefully he can get on the field and ramp it up a little bit more this week well he he the charges are on by this week so oh oh yeah 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 you're right yeah char- charges are on by so, so he he should be good when he comes back um but stay tuned we we, we say that all the time and um you know who knows and yeah. about about 10 minutes ago the broncos did come out and say russell wilson will start on sunday um so it looks like he's absolutely yeah good. he did high knees on the plane dude i oh, saw i you. i Another another interview that I had to like tune in for for work, and I'm watching it. I'm like, this guy is just the worst. Like, hey man, the gotta make worst. that 340. <laughs> like, like, and not the worst because like, there's there's murderers out there, there's bank robbers out there, but like, in terms in terms of the good Samaritans in this world, he is probably the worst of the worst. Like that's that's where I'm at with Russell Wilson, and he's just now becoming public enemy number one in terms of everything. You know what's um, crazy that does though? For Andrew, you know what's crazy about that narrative? If if the Broncos were seven and zero, do you think people would look at him differently? I would look at him the same. Yeah. I didn't ask you what you would look at. The okay, people would look at him yeah. differently. There's, people are cringing and saying that right now yeah. because but, they're not winning either. He's not playing well. Much easier to take bullshit when you're a winner than when you're a loser. That's that's the always, when, when, when you're seeing it on the field. That's much different. Um, but. Like I said earlier, the Chargers are on a bye. The Chiefs are on a bye, but we've got some AFC matchups to get into. It's time to get into our AFC matchups, and we're kicking things off with the game across the pond. It's the Denver Broncos and the Jacksonville Jaguars in London. These two teams uh, battling it out uh, across the across the way, the Jaguars enter this game two and five. Broncos also enter this game at two and five. The Jags are favored though in London, two and a half points with an over under of just thirty nine and a half. Russell Wilson, like you said, AJ, will be starting in this game. Uh, what what do you expect to see from this offense against the Jaguars across the uh, in London? Not much. Uh, not much change. I mean, it, we're, we're eight weeks in now and we keep thinking they're going to get it together and they'll figure it out. And they just haven't been able to, it's not even so much that Russ has played with a shoulder injury and then a hamstring injury and a lat and this and that. I mean, he doesn't seem to have this chemistry down with his team either. You look at what he does, you look at what Brady does and there's just miscues all over the place. His vision's off. He's missing receivers that are open. Uh, he's not taking receivers that are open when the defense is giving it to him. Uh, they losing Javante Williams has proven to be a much bigger piece because it doesn't seem like they really want to trust Melvin Gordon, uh, Latavius Murray, and Mike Boone sub in and out. Uh, there's just there's a lot of there's a lot of shuffling going on on this offense to try to make something work. And it's not going to be there. And then I fear, I fear, and there's no, you know, no proof to this. It's just a theory and a thought process. I have a feeling that if they are not looking like they're winning this game handedly, which let's be honest, they probably won't, um, they're going to be conservative with some pieces because they're going to be looking to make some trades uh, coming on this deadline. You know, Jerry Judy's been in conversations. Bradley Chubb's been in conversations. 
there, there's pieces on this roster that people are looking for. Uh, and it's a possibility that this team looks a lot different next Sunday. And if, uh, if Hackett has any chance of keeping his job amidst the trade season and they're not going to win this game, they might look to be a little conservative. And I don't think that's the way to go about it. But again, there's no proof to that. No one said anything about that. That's just something I feel they would be looking to do, uh, knowing the way the Broncos have been in their past with their front office. So, yeah. Aaron, uh, go ahead. Yeah, the, the, I, I was surprised, but um, I mean, I guess I was surprised. Front office came out and backed Nathaniel Hackett. I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, they came out and they said, hey, man, it's been seven games. Like, give basically he's faced the most scrutiny. Like, give the guy a shot, um, which I'm not I'm not opposed. I, I, I do like that mentality as a front office because I do think we often jump to, to just want to move to the next guy really, really quickly. And despite him not being good so far, um, he's a first-time head coach. Is he learning just like everybody else as a young, inexperienced head, head coach? Absolutely. And we, one thing I know that doesn't work in the NFL is when you shuffle through coach after coach after coach after coach. It just doesn't work. So if they say they want to give him two years to figure it out, to show progress, sure, I'm okay with that. So I like that they came out and said, like, hey, kind of pump the brakes on the Nathaniel Hackett hate. Like, let him figure it out. Um, the Javante Williams point, the reason they don't trust Melvin Gordon is because he's not good. Like, <laughs> they don't want to trust him because he's old and inefficient. Like, he's not a good running back anymore. Javante Williams proved to be the better back. Uh, he, they got a bunch of veterans that are just guys that you can trust to put in there to be who they are, but they're not going to be special. Uh, that's hurt them. But I, I'm I'm with you on the, the the couple of pieces that they might decide to move. I think that's where I have like struggle wrapping my head around it because if you thought you were a quarterback away and you still believe in Russell Wilson, then you don't move anybody. You just say, we got to figure it out. You give me an off season, another off season or, or whatever to figure it out. So um, hopefully that's not, hopefully that's not the case. Yeah. And go ahead and ask your Jacksonville question, Vinny. I know you're going to go there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's where I was going. Uh, I want to, I, I want to <laughs> cap what you just said off because I mean, we saw it in, although it's not paying off now in terms of Cliff Kingsbury with Arizona, when he got that extension and when we were talking about that, we were like, okay, give him that time. You can't, you can't just rotate and cycle through quarterbacks, extend them, give him that time. Obviously it's not paying out. That's a similar situation to what you said with Nathaniel Hackett, where you have to, you just have to give him time. Like sure. It might not work. It might not pan out. He might suck, but you can't just keep cycling through and cycling through. If you ever want a chance to win anything, a team that has gone through a lot of coaches in the past is the Jacksonville Jaguars now on uh, head coach number, whatever uh, in Doug Peterson coming in. And this team had that stretch of two games two 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 or three, really two or three games where they looked good. And we thought that team was moving forward and then they start losing. And now they're on a losing streak. They had another close loss last week to the New York giants. Uh, what do we need to see from this? Like, what do the Jaguars need to do to get this ship back on track and start winning these closer games? Like, how, how do they finish these games, Aaron? I keep playing them. They need experience. This is these moments right now will help them win next year. Like, I told you guys this at the beginning of the season. They're going to be in games. They are a much better football, a much better football team. Um, despite what people say, oh, they're not playing good football. They are playing good football for how, how young that they are. Um, they just have to find a way to finish them. That doesn't happen just because you, you think somebody's super talented. It happens with experience. Um, Daniel Jones is the exact proving that point right now. Geno Smith is proving that point right now. These are not guys we say are uber talented that are great that they're going to be, but they've been in this league now for four, five, six, seven years in Geno Smith's case, and they've seen it. They know what it takes to win those games. They don't always have the ability but they know what it takes. And that's where the Jaguars are at now. They're in that kind of transition period in between being rookies and getting to the point where they say, okay, we've seen this NFL. We know what this NFL is like. We know what we need to do in these big moments. Um, I, I continue to say, like, I'm probably the least panicked on the Jaguars. I think they're they're trending, like, not, not just this way. They're trending, like, like they're going up um, and people aren't really realizing it because they're not, you know, winning the football game. But I, I, I like what they've done. They're, their, their defense is still really good, in my opinion. They're, they're tied for with the Cowboys at highest um, pass rush rate. They, I mean, they talked about trading Josh Allen. I'm not sure about that. I, 
I heard that report that there's a there's a Josh Allen report that he might be on the move. I don't know Excuse why they would do that. Wild. Yes, Excuse me, where did you hear there's that? There's a report from? out there. Oh, yeah. There's a report out looks there and there's that calls they're getting and looks and that they're they're thinking about shopping him. But I would cry. I would, I, would um, I, I don't know if I would do that if, if I'm them, but I'm just saying like that defense is, is talented. It's young. It's getting better. Um, I, I think they're right where they need to be. I really do. I think they're right where they need to be. And guess what? They might lose on Sunday. And guess what? I don't care. I don't care. This is all about the development of Trevor Lawrence. Continue <clears throat> to gain that experience so that next year and the year after with that young team now a year older, him in a system for two years, you can look to him and say, we did it. We got, we got the right quarterback. Now it's the make sure everything else around them is, is where it needs to be. Okay. And do they lose this game? Yeah, no, I think, I, I don't know. remember what I said, but I think I took the Jaguars in this one. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I like them. I like them across the pond. Uh, Denver's just, I can't trust them. I can't trust them. Uh, give me the Jaguars. It's sad when you, when you can't trust Denver and you're taking the Jags. Um, yeah. Give me, give me Jackson on this one. Low scoring game because Denver can't score. I think Jacksonville pulls this one out and wins 23-17. AJ? Yeah, uh, I got the Jaguars as well, uh, 23-21. Also think it's low scoring. Also think it's close. Uh, the Jaguars don't force turnovers or get sacks, but the, the Denver Broncos don't uh, don't put up points. They have a league low 100 points on the entire season. So uh, I think this is going to be one of those games, but Jaguars love London and London love the Jags. 23-21, Jacksonville. Yeah, that's that's the key here. The fact that this game is in London, that's a big thing for the Jaguars. As ridiculous as that sounds, that's a big thing. Although they are a 500 team in London. They're four and four all time in London, played every season since 2013, uh, except 2020. They missed out on 2020. Um, Obviously, the most games played in London by any team. This is uh, this is Jaguars country and they get this win from home. Yeah. Jaguars country. Let's ride London. Are are you concerned that are you concerned that you gave them 26 points against that defense? Yes. Yes. But I, I think if the Jaguars are to win games, they're going to have to score more than they're going to have to score more than 24. Like it's, it's a weird thing, I get what you're saying. But, but they have to score more than 24 points. It's a weird number to set of that too. Normally it's like a 21, but like just for some reason to me, if they want to be able to finish off games, like in this case, it's 24 or more points to win games. And I think 26 is a sweet spot for the Jags. Um, and they win 26-23. That's that game. That's crossed upon. Let's head back to the States here. The New York Jets taking on the New England Patriots in a matchup for uh, a battle between two AFC East teams, and uh, the disrespect keeps getting poured in for the New York Jets. The Patriots are favored in this game. Two and a half points and an over-under of 40. I think it's disrespectful. I think it is disrespectful to the New York Jets that we're at this point right now where we're saying the Patriots are favored over this team. Aaron, are you on board with this? No. Oh, I think okay. I think it's accurate that the Patriots should be favored in this game. Um, doesn't mean they're going to win, but I do think it's accurate they should be favored. Belichick has, has beat Zach Wilson a couple of times. Um, that Jets offense is without Brees Hall. The offense hasn't looked that great over the course of the past, you know, couple of weeks. Uh, so I think it's fair. They have a good defense and their defense has been carrying them, but I don't, we, we look at, at the football games. It's not just about what your record is. Like it's about matchups and matchups mean everything in the NFL. Right. So when Belichick has been had success against a guy uh, I'm going to take that into consideration. And Zach Wilson hasn't looked great um, in certain spots. Um, I'm going to get to a stat a little bit later, which is very, very interesting by the way. Um, but I think the Patriots are a team that this is the kind of game they win. They go lose Chicago on Monday night, and they come back, and Belichick's walking in the building off with a hoodie on, and you're fired. You cut you, and whatever player made man. Yeah, basically that's what it is. He's like firing up here. You are fired. Yeah, that's what he does. I mean, do we all remember the guy who showed up late to a team meeting after rushing for 300 yards, and he cut, and he's cut like. Plug your phones in. Make sure it's charged. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, that Shout, the thing. Jonas Gray. Shout out Jonas Gray. Um, yeah, so like that's Belichick. He 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 does it. He he don't care. And I think that he, this is the type of game that he wins. Uh, he knows them really well. It's the Jets. Uh, they play him twice a year. And although the Jets are at home, um, I, I think it's fair. 
that the Patriots are, are favored. Okay. I need you to All say right. your stat, man. I need you to say your stat. I don't want to. I don't know if I'm, I might accidentally take your stat and then you're like, damn, it no, ain't man. Like, oh. no, speak up, man. I don't even know what, what stat are you talking about. Chess. I just said I, mean, I, just said I, I have even, a I don't even know what uh, – got just, you. Just on talk. Zach Wilson. Cool. He I mean, don't even know what his question just, is yet. I AJ just, doesn't even want to be – AJ, are you trying to say you don't want to be wrong about something? No, no, no. I'm a, the stat's factual. <laughs> if I'm wrong, <laughs> so is whoever put this stat together. So <laughs> it's a factual stat. I will call ESPN if I it need w- to. It, yeah. it wouldn't, it wouldn't be the first time up. you read a, a, a stat, you know a what? factual stat, wrong. <laughs> yeah. How dare – Go ahead, AJ. Go ahead. Anyway, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't even know what he wants to ask me yet, so that's cool. I'm gonna just wait and let him do his. Oh, job. you didn't have you didn't have anything to say? Oh, oh this I guy, this I will. Guy it's gonna work. Up. It. All right, so hey, uh, so because. what do the Jets need to do to get the W in this weekend? Is, is that well, what no, you're going? I, I didn't have to. If you if you <laughs> wanted to talk about that, you could have just came in and all right, hold on here. Aaron, Aaron, great take, great take. AJ, now over to you for the Jets side of things. What do oh, the Jets okay. have to do to win this football game? Oh, okay, got it. All right, see, I didn't know if that's where you were going to go. The number here, sir, is 12. <laughs> it's 12. This is the first time the Jets are coming into this game with a better record than the Patriots since week 12 of the 2001 season. It is also 12 times that the Jets – have lost to the Patriots in this series, and they're looking to change that. The Jets are going to have an uphill battle. This is going to be another defensive battle. Uh, seems like we got a lot of that for the theme this week because, as we talked about, Zach Wilson is basically a young game manager as of now. Uh, they lost one of their best weapons, and they're going to be trying to uh, bring together a new running back in, in James Robinson. I don't know if he's going to get a lot of run, but you're switching back to Michael Carter. You're trying to operate Brees Hall in there. Uh, there's there's tension with Elijah Moore. He has to come in this week and just kind of get with the system. Are they going to force feed him targets so he's happy? Is that is he going to be eight or nine of the 15 throws that Zach Wilson goes? And is that going to bother the offense and throw them off and allow Matt Judon to get after the quarterback, allow these second the secondary of the Patriots to be opportunistic and take a couple of picks? That's a great possibility. Um, they have to win on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and it's going to be very tough to do so because I think the Patriots will have the edge on the defensive side of the ball here. Uh, the lucky part for them is the Patriots have their own little issues in the quarterback competition. And if Matt Jones goes in there reeling from confidence, well, I think he will see the first win in 13 games for the New York Jets. On the on the Jets injury report side, we did just get reports saying that uh, Corey Davis will be out for this game. They will be expecting Elijah Moore to play, uh, but they will be without uh, Corey Davis. So no, no Brees Hall, no Corey Davis for this offense. Two key parts uh, for for Zach Wilson. Um, let, let's talk about the quarterback. So do we expect to see it be Mac Jones all game, Aaron? Don't know. Don't care. It doesn't matter. New England's New England. Flip a coin. Um, yeah, yeah, it doesn't oh. matter. Like New England, New England's New England. So uh, I love Bailey Zappi, um, and I hope he gets the opportunity. But I think the quarterback on the Jets side is the more important one here. Um, crazy, crazy numbers here. A crazy, crazy stat idea here. Um, there are two quarterbacks in the NFL, the top two quarterbacks in the NFL, throwing the football this year with a clean pocket is Jalen Hurts and Zach Wilson. With a clean pocket, Zach Wilson has been good. Under pressure, he is 17% below the next worst quarterback against pressure, um, which is weird because he's a mobile quarterback. And I know he doesn't throw the ball a lot, and the volume is not there, so the sample size is a little bit skewed. But this goes to show you that when a quarterback has time, he's going to be much more efficient. Um, in, a, in a collapsed pocket, he's struggling a bit, trying to force things, doing things out of his character. Uh, Zach Wilson should be protected. That should be the number one goal. Keep tight ends. Keep tight ends on the field. That's what he's going to say. Keep, keep. Oh, my. Uh, I must have went. I must have went. Blank. It sounded like you're going to say keep yeah. tight ends on the field or something. I said, I said he needs to stay protected, keep extra tight ends and running backs in to help protect Zach Wilson. He'll be much more efficient as a quarterback. But I think the Patriots win this game because of Bill Belichick. Uh, they get the win. Low scoring, 
AJ? Yeah, I also have the Patriots in this game. I went a little higher score, and I think uh, there may be some fourth quarter uh, blows thrown between both teams, and we'll get the Patriots 20-17 to 17 on this one. Um, yeah, New England. Get it. I, I, I will be the different the different uh the differing opinion here i'm gonna take the jets 19 to 16 uh in this game something last week and i got burned on it and i'm i'm not gonna if the patriots win they win it is what it is i, I get it wrong not no, no surprise last week i said i was like okay bill belichick just does good against young quarterbacks like he just shuts them down like justin fields should be neutralized this and that i don't think zach wilson brings to the table what justin fields does to be completely honest um, in terms of the rushing and the playmaking ability. Um, but Bill, Bill Belichick didn't neutralize him. They allowed 33 points to to um, the Chicago Bears. I think that the Jets win this game and continue rolling. Low scoring affair, though, 19 to 16. The next game on our list is the Tennessee Titans <laughs> traveling to Houston to take on the Texans. Uh, I was waiting to see if you guys were going to shit on my take on that last. I, I was going to, but I needed to move on. You got to know when the That's cut fine. is. You got to know when the cut is. <laughs> Texans, Titans, Titans favor two and a half points over under is 40 and a half in this matchup here. Uh, Aaron, what are you watching for in this one? Um, Ryan Tannehill, first of all, is he going to play? Uh, I've been I've been getting some flack about an injured Ryan Tannehill throwing for what my statement, I guess, about saying he was, you know, 13 to 20 for 120 yards. And everybody was like, well, he was hurt. And he was hurt. And I'm like, he does that when he's not hurt. So like, <laughs> it's the same numbers regardless. Nothing changes. Uh, but is he going to play? Is he going to play in this one? Who knows? Uh, that ankle injury might keep him out or he might play limited and then have to come out later. Who knows? Uh, but I just think that the Tennessee Titans are going to be who the Tennessee Titans are. They're going to run the football. They have a nice matchup here against the Houston Texans. We see what the dog Josh Jacobs did against them. Uh, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure that Derrick Henry is going to have a wonderful day here. Probably go for 150 to 200, drop two or three touchdowns uh, because that's what Derrick Henry does against bad football teams. So um, I expect him to, to be on his A game. I expect him to run the football a lot. And I expect the, the Tennessee Titans to have some success doing that. Yeah, AJ, give me uh give me a no, nah, I'm not gonna do a stat line thing. Um <laughs> oh, really the yeah, thing to watch AJ for in this game. Line. There's there, there's not too much to dive into for this game because it's I mean it's the Texans. Uh shot the, there's a lot of disrespect though to the Texans though. Next week they play Thursday night football against the Eagles, and the entire advertisement for, for Amazon Prime was just Eagles videos. There wasn't a single not even a single Damian Pierce run from the Texans oh to throw in there. Not even anything. What, what, what's the count? Bay Bridge? Come on, man. Give the respect. Bainbridge. And they do give Bainbridge. respect to Damian Pierce, but the Texans as a whole don't deserve the respect. They're not good. Come on, man. Give the respect to the Texans here. Uh, on that note, I will be taking the Titans 28-17. It's not close. Uh, <laughs> Damian Pierce hopefully finds hey, the end zone. And why, that's, that's, why, did you start, why did you start talking to AJ? There's, there's and then, no and then just, then just no go need. to <laughs> You got to know when to cut it. You got to know when to cut it. <laughs> yeah, that was the ironic part. I was like, I probably should have even said that. <laughs> Actually, AJ, what's your take? What's your, what's your, what's no, your, what's honestly, your uh, pick? You're good because I was just, he talked about the Russian side of Derrick Henry. I was going to talk about the Russian side of Damian Pierce. Uh, that's basically what this is going to be uh, is a rushing attack and whoever can get the best. They both, they both exploit, uh, Big explosive runs, twelve plus yards when it comes to Damian Pierce and uh, and Derrick Henry. So I expect a lot of runs. This this might be another game that's over by two p.m. as Aaron put it last uh, yesterday for the NFC. This is the AFC version of that. So um, I have the Titans in this game as well, uh, twenty three to ten. Uh, I don't think the Texans will have enough offense to to put points on the board, unfortunately. So and free Brandon Cooks. He's done enough for the Texans. He deserves to be going to a team where he can be utilized and, and enjoy the rest of his career. He's given enough. Hey, Dallas. <clears throat> Sorry. Got a cough. Wow. I mean, really, though? Wow. Do you even need Brandon Cooks? Over Never mind. We won't use him. D- DJ <laughs> Moore, Brandon, DJ Moore, Brandon Cooks, or Odell Beckham. He's got to come to Dallas. Oh. Wow. Okay. All right, Aaron, you got uh Titans this one as well? 
Um, I don't know. Put the score up. Yeah, no, I got the Titans in this one. I think I, I do think it's closer than we we talk about or than we kind of made it seem because Houston's kept a lot of games close for the most part, maybe letting things slip away towards the end. It's going to be a fast game. They're going to run the football a lot. Um, honestly, I don't think this is about the running game for Houston. I think this is about the passing game. The Tennessee Titans are one of the worst in the league um, against the pass. They're allowing so much yardage um, in that secondary. I think it's about Davis Mills trying to maybe have one of these kind of breakout performances let's see davis mills try to throw for 300 in this one um texans keep it close but titans win 24 20. i don't next game on our list that's all you don't go know. ahead that's all i have to say <laughs> the commanders taking on the indianapolis colts the three and four commanders the three three and one colts the colts are favored in this game three points with an over under of 39 and a half and this is a carson wentz revenge game oh wait this is Matt Ryan that, gets to play against Ron Rivera. He played against him in the NFC. Wait, we don't have Matt Ryan. We don't have Carson Wentz in this game. We don't have shit in this game. We got Sam Ellinger. <laughs> we have Taylor Heineke in this one. Uh, oh boy, this over under here at 39 and a half. Yeah, that's that's what shit. We have. You got your Halloween costume yet? You got your Halloween costume yet for Carson Wentz? Because he is just the big turd, and we will live and die by that but it's the colts it's the commanders colts favored three points over under 39 and a half what do we expect to see from sam ellinger in this game aj what do you what do you what are you hoping to see what 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 do you need to see well uh the one fact is we will get to see his first regular season pass in the nfl that will happen (laughs) um it's time to see if uh, that secret sauce that they mentioned is real. Does he actually have it? I do think this is going to help the offensive line of the Colts because he's going to be a little bit more mobile, so they won't have to do as much. They won't have to keep their blocks as long uh, when there was the statue that was Matt Ryan back there. Um, I, I think that's going to help a little bit. And I hope he has a chemistry with Michael Pittman, and I hope he has a chemistry with Jonathan Taylor because those are the two guys that you are going to need to lean on if you want to have some success. Now, the plus side is they did it right, and they have them up against a team that's not very good, a defense that hasn't shown to be very good, and without their star player and Chase Young. Uh, So, you know, while I'm not saying it's going to be easy for Sam Ellinger, but it could be a lot harder if they decided to play him a different week to get his start. So um, come in there and just kind of play within your offense. Don't do too much. Use your instincts when necessary, not just feel like you, you're put in there because you're the hero. And I don't think he will be that. I don't think he has that uh, that mentality. So uh, lean on your lean on your star players. Come out here with the win. It's not gonna. You don't have to put up 30, 40 points in this game to do it. What's the What's the win look like? Who gets it and what's the score? Uh, oof. Well, I'm pretty sure I did take the uh, Colts in this one, 24 to 17. Um, but I think that has a lot to do with Jonathan Taylor. Okay. Aaron, you asked the question to AJ, what, um, what you want to see, what are you going to see? What are we going to see from Sam Ellinger? This is what you're going to see. It's a hike. It's a hike. It's a hike. You're going to see Jonathan Taylor. This is what you're going to see. You're going to see Jonathan Taylor. And I think this is what's going to like drive me insane is everything we said they needed to do with Matt Ryan. They are going to do with Sam Ellinger. We talked about this, Vinny, why you change up, when you do things differently because you think you have somebody different at quarterback or whatever. And I think they're going to protect Sam Ellinger the way they should have protected Matt Ryan, and they didn't. Um, and I, I think you see that in this game. But, but Taylor Heineke is the quarterback. And despite how it looks, because it's not pretty, I have Washington in this one. I think that they're the better football team than the Indianapolis Colts overall. When you talk about young quarterbacks coming into play, at least Taylor Heineke has experience. Ron Rivera will have his boys ready to go. Um, Just haven't been overly impressed with Indianapolis and what they've done offensively, really, or defensively at times. So give me Washington here on the road, 21-17 in a low-scoring game. I have Washington as well. I think it comes down to the quarterback. Uh, I think Taylor Heineke being the experienced one here. I think that's where I'm going to go. 23-21 commanders. How about these front offices having to play this game and just look in the mirror of mistakes that they both made twice on the cold side because on the other bench is Carson Wentz and on this bench will be Matt Ryan if they even let him come to play. But poor, poor, poor front offices. Yeah, 
Lots of mistakes. Lots of mistakes. But uh, two for the Commanders, one for the Colts here. A Sunday night football featuring the Green Bay Packers and the Buffalo Bills. This game is a uh, – did I skip a game? Yeah, no, I didn't. We're good. I didn't no, skip I, I did. You did. It's okay. I, I did. Honestly, I pivoted from what I was doing anyways. The Green oh, Bay yeah, Packers taking that. on the – what? What? I didn't create that brand. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I, I, it's all good. You told me there was Packers, only five games. It's cool. There's six games or whatever, however many games there is. Packers, Bills. Packers ended this game three and four. Bills five and one. The Bills are heavy favorites in this one. Uh, 11 point favorites, 47 and a half point over under. Uh, this game, it's weird to say the Packers are 11 point uh, dogs, but they are. And it, that's been how the season has looked for the Green Bay Packers here. Uh, is this. At what point do I – when should we expect the Packers to get back on track, or are we out on the Packers, Aaron? Mm, I'm not out on the Packers yet. I'm close, but I'm I'm close. Like, I am like I got a toenail hanging off the side of the ledge. It's, just, it's a strong-ass toenail. It's, a, it's that toenail just hanging my whole body up there. Uh, it, yeah, it, it, you know, uh, grab my strong hand. It looks like the dude from scary movie too. Here comes grab my toenail. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just hanging there. Uh, I'm close. Uh, this week will not be the deciding factor whether I get off though or not because they're gonna get beat. Um, the Buffalo Bills are a better football team. They're better defensively. They're better offensively. They're better special teams. They're better coach. They're better quarterback play. They're, they're not probably better. They're better fans. They're, everything's better about Buffalo than, than Green Bay. So I expect Buffalo to go in there at home and win this game on Sunday Night Football. But what I'm looking for from Green Bay is something that Aaron Rodgers said really stuck with me this past week on the um, Pat McAfee show. He's like, hey, like a lot of people are making mistakes. Like, why don't we give some other guys some opportunities? Like, put them on the bench. If people continue to make mistakes, put them on the bench. And listen, I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers is perfect. But usually I always take the side of the quarterback knowing where things are supposed to be at, right? Where receivers are supposed to be, what the line's supposed to do. They're usually the guys that are the smartest guys on the field. And if there are people that are making mistakes, which he said, like, this is this year there's a lot more mistakes happening, mental mistakes happening um, than in the past, then maybe that's something that LaFleur needs to look at and say, hey, maybe we need to go to some other guys. If these guys aren't producing, these guys aren't getting the job done, let's, let's look elsewhere. And so um, – I liked that thought process. Maybe you throw Amari Rodgers on the field a little bit more for the Green Bay Packers offensively. Maybe you put in, uh, well, I can't say Christian Watson because he's, he's been banged up, but maybe you go to, uh, what, what is that? What, what's that dude's name? I don't know, number 17, the receiver there. I forget his name. Uh, was it Malik Turner? Uh, Malik Turner on the field if he's still on the team. I don't even, like, but he's played for them. So, um, or uh, Winfrey. Like some of these guys that have played for Green Bay in the past that aren't as talented but may have it here, maybe they can get something going, especially with the loss of Alan Lazard. So put those guys in winning situations, try to create or, create, or eliminate those mistakes, give the ball to A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, and uh, see if we can come away with a win. Sa- Samurai Tori. Give him the ball. Samari give Tori. Samurai the ball. <laughs> give Samurai the ball. Yeah, man, what a tough time to lose Alan Lazard too, man, going up against one of the best teams in the league. Um you know, you, you mentioned this wouldn't be the week you get off of the Packers, and I totally understand that thought process. There's also been times where I've thought that about a certain team, and then still the way they go out and play says a lot. You know, if they go out and lose this game as expected and they just look blah, just look like even if they had the chance, they just squandered it away, I may feel a little different. But, you know, if they go out and they play hard and it's just a couple of different things that are wrong and it seems like you're fixed about it, you wait and see what they do against some other teams. But – uh, I don't know that I can say that this will be the week that I absolutely don't get off on the Packers. It just depends on what they look Gross. like uh-huh, when <laughs> they are on the field uh, playing football, the game that we love. But uh, yeah, have breaking so, news, guys. If it's about, is it off-field stuff? We have breaking news. We got to say if it. It's, if it's off-field stuff, I don't want to say it. You got to, I'll say it. I'll, I, it is absolutely necessary. Tom Brady's back, baby. Tom Brady is going to be back. Tom Brady is back. Um, he and Giselle have officially announced their divorce. I'm telling you this right now. This is, this is from somebody who's married. He may he, he's either back or he's going to cry himself into sleep in every night. But already has been doing that. Damn oh. you! Are at the best times, every man. Time. 
But anyway, every time th- that could be a huge, that could be a huge, um, I don't say relief, but a huge weight off of his shoulders, just like getting some sort of closure um, when you're trying to do stuff. And now that it's out there, like questions are going to be asked and maybe this week it's going to be tough for the next 10 days or whatever, but I, there's going to come a level of, of, okay. It's like a little bit of closure. I know it takes, it's a process and it takes time. That is something that you talk about the mental side all the time, Vinny. And when you have conflicting things going off the field and there's uncertainty, I, I, when it happens I, and you I'm go, not, you know what, this is what we're doing. There, that could be a sense of relief to him to say, okay, it's out there now. Everybody knows. Let's let's move forward. Perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah. I'm not arguing she, that point. You think she called it official because of how bad they looked at the Ravens last night? Damn. No, I want a winner, Tom. I want a I winner. Want a... <laughs> I'm tired. Josh Allen, I don't want to be the breadwinner. I'm, I'm not going to make fun of people. I'm not going to make fun I of people's know, divorce. I but I'm just saying I that I, I do think that's from a mental aspect. It, it does look like AJ said, it looks like he was kind of defeating a lot weighing on him. Um, hopefully this can be the step in the right direction as far as moving forward. And now, shit, he might play till he's 50. Oh, my goodness. He's got no, he got no reason that's... to leave now. He ain't got no family. He ain't got no... Nothing to leave oh. for now. Uh, wow, but, uh, Jesus, Vinny! I told this is why I didn't want to get into it. I can. I, I don't have any. I don't have any filter when it comes to this kind of stuff. But Vinny doesn't uh, have a soul. Uh, <laughs> I at least kind of made it about football. Jeez. All right, all right. All right, all right. So let's, let's do our pick. Uh, uh, where we I, were I, was I, me I, saying, uh, "I have the bills in this game." Yeah, <laughs> hold on, hold on here, hold okay. on here. Right. Aaron, throw in a commercial break on the video when you're clipping this. And then come back to the game. Uh, no, it's time for pick, our predictions. Okay, fine. What do, who you got, AJ? Uh, I got the Bills in this game, 35-27. Uh, closer than people think. But I also made this pick well before I realized they have absolutely no receivers. But it is what it is. Probably 35-20 to 20 at this point now. But I wanted to give Vod just some love. And here we are. They haven't had receivers all year. No, anyways, anyways, uh, 34-23 Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo is just too good. There's no analysis here. Buffalo is a better football team. They're at home. They're better. That's disrespectful. Bills, Bills 41-20. It's not disrespectful. I don't like what I've seen from the Packers, and I think the Bills are that damn good. I think what we saw from the Bills against these other – I mean, the Chiefs against the Rams. I compare this game – the same game. They'll score like, 23 with, with points to, against the Chiefs. I compare this game to <laughs> yeah. the Rams. Shut up, bitch. They I just deflect right game. over it. <laughs> I no, I'm I, the reason I brought that game up is because the Packers are not the Chiefs. Like they they were able to beat the Chiefs. The Packers are nowhere near the Chiefs. And I look at this game much as I look at the Rams game. On, on the opening day, Thursday night football, prime time. That's how I look at this game. And what the Bills did in that game was dominate. And they're going to dominate in this game, 41-20. Josh Allen and the, is going to tear up that soft Packers defense. Aaron Rodgers is going to get some garbage time touchdowns. They score 20, which is good. Good job, Packers. You get 20. But the Bills are that team, the best in the league. They're going to dominate the Packers, 41-20. Uh, and break Aaron Rodgers' primetime win streak, uh, 13 and 1. Monday Night Football. Dun, 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 dun. It's the Cincinnati Bengals and the Cleveland Browns, a battle for AFC North supremacy here. Uh, the Bengals are three point favorites with an over under of 45. Uh, this, you guys made your predictions without the Jamar Chase news, you guys made it prior to it. Does anyone need to change anything before we get into the predictions for this game? Maybe my score. <laughs> Great. Fantastic. That, that's oh, Aaron, you're staying strong here. Okay. So, Aaron, I'm going to pull up your score here for this game. You have at 28-20. You don't want to change a thing, even though they're now without Jamar Chase. Why is it that you don't want to change anything? Because <laughs> I still think the Bengals are a better team than the Cleveland Browns. I think offensively they'll still be able to move the ball against a lackluster defense often at times. Um, still got Joe Burrow, still got T. Higgins, who's very serviceable as a number one, by the way. Uh, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, offensive line's playing a lot better. Joe Burrow hasn't been sacked like he was early in the season. The defense is the unsung hero, and they're just a better football team. 
Cleveland without Deshaun Watson is still Cleveland. Like, I, that's, I guess that's my like. They're still Cleveland. They're they're not they're not where they need to be. They're not what we expected them to be. They're giving up almost thirty points a game uh, on defense. They're giving up twenty six, and I think that Cincinnati is better than average. They can score a couple more. Now, AJ, you are on the other side of this. You did say you wanted to change your score because of them without Jamar Chase. What are you expecting to see from this Bengals offense? I don't know that it's as explosive, uh, you know, uh, to an extent. I mean, I don't think they revert back to what we were seeing in the first couple weeks. Uh, but, you know, maybe – I mean, I'm thinking like less a touchdown less than what I had it at. You know, I had them – I had, I've seen that offense be clicking that over matters. the last couple weeks. And, yeah, uh, well, that's, I mean, I get that. That's a – that's a, a touchdown that, that, is a that, huge that, amount of points. Like that, yeah. Especially now, if you, it, yeah. If if it's a touchdown less from that, if my math is correct, that's what 25, 21. That's a close game. Twenty six. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's 26. also think about, yeah, <laughs> math. His house difficult. We get it. Uh, I mean, again, though, uh, this the Cleveland Browns in recent years has had Joe Burrow's number. He's zero three against them since he's came into the league and played. Uh, and, and his starts and you, you take Jamar Chase off that we I do like the secondary of the Browns on paper and unfortunately they haven't been able to show it as much on the field I don't think that that's an every every single game uh, every single game occurrence with this being in a divisional matchup uh, with them knowing this team pretty well with them losing an explosive weapon they change a couple things they do a different a couple different looks and maybe they do get the better of a Tyler Boyd who's used to playing the slot, playing on the outside. Maybe T. Higgins does get held up a little bit more often than we think. I mean, yeah, it's one touchdown, but I mean, look at the spread I originally had. You know, so when I take that off, I get it's a, a, a decent amount of points, but I still think they're going to win the game. Um, so give me the 26 21. It's probably 27 21, but either way, that's fine. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, well. Anyways, uh, you gave him a touchdown and an extra point, sir. Anyway, <laughs> all right, but uh, give me give me the Bengals. Touchdown less than what I had before. <laughs> 33-17 Bengals. I think this offense is still cooking with gas, and I don't know. I, I'm not – I like what the Bengals have been doing on defense, uh, and I think that they hold Jacoby Brissett's led offense 17 points, 33-17 Bengals in this one. I want to I want to say something to AJ. That was excellent, excellent work, excellent work, excellent work. You you should be on the NFL Network, man. <laughs> the way you skewed those those stats about the, the Browns being three and zero or whatever against Joe Burrow, that was great. That was great. <laughs> Bravo, thanks. Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> That does it for our week eight preview. (laughs) We'll be back for fantasy talk this time, starting at noon on Sunday. Uh, We're doing pigskins and pancakes live kickoff at noon, giving you your fantasy advice, your starts and sits, your DFS plays and that, and so much more uh, on our fantasy show, pigskins and pancakes live at noon Eastern on uh, YouTube at Sac city pod. That's our week eight previews and predictions. If you missed a single uh, game preview that you want to go check out, they will be available for your viewing pleasure on our YouTube page at the Sac City Pod. It says your teams, your ways. Just because we do all 32 does not mean we do not take the time to go a deep dive on your team's games because we got it. We got coverage end to end because we are Sac City. We are the best in the business. There's no place you should be than here in the city. For my best friend Aaron Mukes and for your boy AJ Johnson, I am me. We will see you Sunday. So, hello. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs>